Good evening. Uh, so our reading this evening is from the first book of Chronicles, chapter 29. And as Tim said, that's on page 433 in the Church Bibles. Gifts for building the temple. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because his palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colours, and all kinds of fine stone and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple, 3,000 talents of gold, gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the overlaying of the walls of the buildings, for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work, gave willingly. They gave towards the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 darics of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. And all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, 
that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes and decrees and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. Richard, please let's have that, keep that open. So it's 1 Chronicles 29, page 433. Now, there are a lot of things that we're told, aren't there, which uh, we're told they're good for us. Whether it's uh, five a day or maybe ten a day or exercise, 30 minutes, three times a week or whatever it is, uh, or having um, at least one day off a week. Uh, The statistics actually say that If you're doing exams, you will do statistically, you will do better if you work six days a week as opposed to seven. Uh, We're told to it, isn't it? It's good for us if you wear a helmet if you're on your bike and a seatbelt in the car. It's good for you if you look both ways when you cross the road. It's good for you to use a pedestrian crossing and press the button, even if there are no cars at all, or even if there's just one car coming, you must press the button to cross the road. Uh, There are lots of things that are good for us. Although the advice changes, doesn't it? It was five a day, uh, and now it seems to be ten a day. Uh, All fat is bad, but now some of it is good. It was at 30 miles an hour, was slow enough, and now it's 20, uh, and so on. But here's one bit of advice that will never change. Praise is good for you. Praise is good for you. Let's pray and ask God to help us to understand this. Father, we, this is fundamental and it is incredibly important. And we pray, Lord, that as we uh, look in your word now and as we consider this whole area of praise, that you would teach us great truths for Jesus' sake. Amen. So praise is for you. That's our subject, 1 Chronicles 29 and 1 to 20. Now, I think this is a really significant sermon for us as a church. Uh, If we get this, I think it will revolutionize our Christian lives. If we get this as a church, and I think it will revolutionize our lives as a church, it's going to make so much difference. I hope there are a lot of folks who are not here this this evening who would be here in our morning service, for instance, would listen to this uh, online. I think this is very, very important. And the first thing I want to say tonight is this, that it's praise and not just thanksgiving. Not to say that thanksgiving is a bad thing, to thank God for all the benefits and so on that he's given us is a really good thing. But there's a difference between the two. There's a difference, a significant difference between praise on the one hand and thanksgiving on the other. 
And uh, in practice, we talk about praise and thanksgiving, don't we? But actually, if we do, if we do this together, most of the, of the time, it seems to me that we're involved in praise and thanksgiving. We're actually thanking God and there's less praising going on. Um, the other week, Peter Scott was preaching, wasn't he? And uh, he said there's very little or no praise in his life and in, in our lives. And uh, I think he's absolutely right. Uh, it is, uh, you look at the num- amount of time that we spend praising God in our lives, it is uh, frighteningly small. Sure, we spend a lot of time thanking God, but do actually spend time praising him. We're very good at saying thank you. It's good, polite, English kind of thing to do, isn't it? Lord, thank you for the lovely weather. Thank you for the spring flowers. Thank you for that magnolia tree opposite when you walk out the door at the end of the service. Thank you for my family. Thank you for Jesus and so on. That's great. That's good. But there's more to it than that. With this evening, I want us to be thinking about praising. So while thanksgiving is saying thank you to God for the good things he has done, praising God is more than that. It's recognizing who God is. It's uh, recognizing why God has done the things he's done. It is being occupied with God. It is being taken up with God and all his goodness and all the attributes, as they say, of his character. Uh, Praise says, Lord, I praise you that you've created our weather with variety and beauty. Lord, uh, so we don't just say, thank you for a glorious morning. It goes further than that. Uh, Praise says, Lord, I praise you because you've made us people who can enjoy things. And praise says, Lord, I praise you that out of your goodness, and we praise you that you are a good God who's full of goodness and full of creativity, that we've made such beauty from your very being for us to enjoy. So it's not simply thank you, but it's actually going a step further and saying, well, what does this tell us about God and how can we praise God for all his goodness to us? So I hope that tonight, when you leave, if you leave the church through that door over there rather than the one on the Neville Avenue side, if you go out through that door, I hope you'll just pause for a moment and look across the road at that magnolia tree. And, uh, and I hope you'll just pause and consider, ponder, what does it tell you about God? Now, that magnet is just past its best, I think, actually. Um, but you can look at the magnolia in our garden. It's got about six buds on it, and sort of 6,000. There's one over there. But, uh, um, but actually, that one over there, as you look at that, that can tell you all sorts of stuff about God, about God's creativity, and God's power, and God's beauty, and God's design, and God's grace, and God's mercy. And the fact, for instance, that God has made joy. So that we can have joy in our hearts when you see something as stunning as that tree over the road there. So, you, uh, so I hope as you leave church tonight, you'll just pause and have a look at that. And then when you walk down to your car, go to the car park or whatever it is, and maybe with someone else, you could just simply say, praise you, Lord, for your goodness in giving us that magnolia tree. We praise you, Lord, for your beauty because you have enabled all beauty you in the end you're a beautiful God and you've created a beautiful tree and so on praising we can praise God on our own we can praise God with other people when we see good things let's learn to turn them uh, into praise now you know on our Lent course for instance we've been thinking uh, about prayer 
And one of the things Tim taught us was uh, uh, the thing that came from, from years ago, the ACT system, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication, or Asking God. The trouble is, most of the time, there's hardly ever any A, is there? There's hardly ever any adoration, any praise. It tends to get left out. So we start with CTS system uh, of, um, of praying together. Well, this evening, we're in 1 Chronicles 29. I'm not going to do a detailed exposition of this because I want to teach us more about what it means to praise God. But uh, just so we get the context of this, and we're going to look particularly at verses 10 and the following few verses there, but the, uh, the beginning of the chapter gives us a context. It's saying, this is towards the end of David's life. He's determined that actually we need to have a temple to be built, so that's where they can worship God together. And they're getting organized about it. People are making a commitment to bring things in. And as they're doing that, he writes this psalm. It's not in the book of It's here. Uh, from verse 10, he actually prays a psalm. And uh, verses 10 to uh, 13, uh, it's a good thing to say that together. But, uh, but, uh, um, and uh, we'll do that later on. But a couple of things right now. First of all, uh, I simply want to say this, that praise is, well, it's not just thanksgiving, but we want to, I want to say that praise is public and private, and praises sung and spoken. So uh, it's public and private, just briefly. Verse 10 here, um, it is public, but it's overflowing from a private heart. Look at verse 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. That's what David is doing. But then you have a look at the end of the chapter as well. Look at verse 20, or the end of our reading, verse 20. David, uh, David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. It means we want to praise God when we're together. But also, we can practice on our own. Praising God uh, and not just thanking him, both in public and and in private. And then it's sung and spoken. It's sung and spoken. Much of our praise is sung. That's a good thing, isn't it? That we should praise God uh, in song. And we do that, uh, and hopefully from our hearts, not just our lips. It's easy though, isn't it? Just to sing it, not to mean it. The words are there for us and so on. But we got, that's why we have to concentrate when we sing, to make sure it does come from our hearts, that what's coming out of our lips is actually something that we mean to say. But in the Bible, there are loads of times actually where God's praise is spoken. So if you look in the book of Revelation, for instance, there are loads of times in the book of Revelation when they're speaking God's praise in heaven. And we want to grow as a people who praise God, whether it's in song, doing it from our hearts, pray for our music week by week. Uh, and uh, aren't the new speakers good? I think it's sounding good. Yeah, that's good. We're thanking God for those new speakers to help us to do that. And, uh, and we want to grow also as people who will consciously be able to speak God's praise as well, which is what we will do at the end of the sermon. So that's the first thing. Thanksgiving is good. But thanks and praise are even better. So uh, praise, not just thanksgiving. Second, praise is good for you. Now, this is very important to grasp. 
Why is praise good for you? Well, there are three reasons. First, it grows your prayer life. Second, it grows your soul. Well, I'll explain that. And third, it grows your love for God. So the first thing here, it grows your prayer life. And what I mean is this, that when you praise God, it motivates other forms of praying. So, for instance, you see God's holiness, you praise Him that He's a holy God, and it will probably make you feel that actually you're sinful, and therefore you'll want to confess your sins to Him. So, therefore, your confession is motivated by your praise of God for His holiness. Uh, you praise God that he's a wonderful creator God, so you see the tree opposite, for instance, and the daffodils and the lambs and so on, and you praise him for those things, and you praise him he's merciful and loving and amazing with a plan of salvation, and that means you want to pray for your unbelieving friends, that they would come to know this amazing God who can do things like that tree over there and so on. Pr- uh, all sorts of examples. But praise is good for you because it motivates us to pray in other ways because it helps us to think more about what God is like. We praise him. We learn more about him. We appreciate him. We love him more. And then we're going to want to pray in other ways as well. Second thing, little thing here, big thing, huge thing here, massive thing here, is it grows your soul. Now, technically, I'm not sure your soul can actually grow. Um, But what I mean is this. Praise is good for your soul. It is very good for your soul. Um, Praise is indispensable for a healthy soul. It grows your soul. C.S. Lewis said this, that when uh, you say to someone else, that picture, that music, that uh, book is admirable, What you're saying is people ought to admire it too, and if they don't, they're going to miss out. Apply that to God. It means that when we say God is marvellous, and other people don't praise him for that, it means that they miss out. In fact, C.S. Lewis says this, not to praise God is to be profoundly disabled not to praise God is to be profoundly disabled and, and I suppose that's really rather true in, in any walk of life if you're never, never able to praise other people, maybe because you're so taken up with yourself or whatever but if you can, if you can never do and you never do praise other people then well C.S. Lewis says um, there's sadly something missing, he says you there is a disablement in our lives there. And if we're, not, if we're not genuinely praising God, it's bad for us. We become profoundly disabled. Now, all real enjoyment overflows into praise. And we all naturally want to share that praise, don't we? Uh, we find anything great. You will find a huge instinct in your own life to want to say, wasn't that brilliant? Like the, when, even before I got in the church building this morning at 8 o'clock for the 8 o'clock service, someone who was coming to that service said to me, last night's concert was absolutely brilliant because they'd experienced something, they wanted to share it with someone else. You know, so you see a wonderful painting, you say, wow, that's an extraordinary painting, isn't it? Because you're wanting to share that enjoyment with someone else. You're watching a football. I don't know anything about the football scores today. But, uh, you know, you're watching a football, say, or you watch it on Match of the Day 2 tonight. You see a fantastic goal. You're watching it with your, your mum and dad and your dad turns. You say, that was a great goal, wasn't it? You see, you're wanting to share 
the joy. Or you see someone with a beautiful jacket and you'd say, you'd say to them or someone else, oh, that's a beautiful jacket. Or, um, uh, you know, uh, or you hear someone playing the violin extraordinarily well and you say, wasn't that incredible? I just love the way uh, uh, she leads services. Or I just love the way this and that and everything. You just want to share those things, don't you? So praise expresses our enjoyment. But this is the important thing. Okay, what I'm going to say now is a real centre, and I think it's fundamentally important for this evening. So uh, if you had switched off, please switch on again. This is really important. Our praise completes our enjoyment. Our praise completes our enjoyment. Our delight in God is simply incomplete until we tell someone else, or better, when we tell the God who we praise how great he is. We've been made to enjoy God forever. And your enjoyment of God will be a pale reflection of what it could be if you don't praise him. Okay? A lack of praise means a lack of enjoyment. And a lack of enjoyment means a lack of fulfillment in your Christian life. Someone said, we must praise God or we will live in poverty spiritually. It's that disabled, being profoundly disabled. So don't just believe that God is great and wise and loving and just and gracious and delightful, tell him that. And tell the rest of us that. Praise him. You will never enjoy God as we are created to do unless actually we are being fulfilled through our praise of God. That's really important. And then uh, one other thing as well. It grows your love for God. Praise grows our love for God in a way that nothing else will. So that means we will never love God in the way that we are even commanded to without actually praising God. So, praise someone and it helps you to love them more. Have you ever tried that? Praise your boyfriend, praise your wife, praise your boss, praise your church, praise your God, and so on, and you'll find that you grow to love them more. Praise them to their face, praise them to other people. In fact, I'm sure if we did that, praising your wife, praising your husband, praising your fiancé to their face and to other people, it would create far stronger marriages. And if we do that uh, with your wife, do that with your church, it will create a far greater church to praise your church to one another here. This is just a principle, isn't it? That the more we praise uh, someone or something, it just helps us to love them more. And as we praise God, and this is the important bit, as we praise God, then we will love him more. And that's what we're supposed to do, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. You find that difficult? Well, start praising him. Because as you praise him, you will begin to enjoy him more. And when you enjoy him more, you'll be able to love him 
more. Be far easier. So it's praise and not just thanksgiving, good though thanksgiving is. It's praise is good for you, grows your prayer life, grows your soul, grows your love for God. Um, and then, third, praise is good for you, and we're thinking about praising God's person. Now, verses 10 to 12 here in 1 Chronicles 29 are all about God's person. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, and so on. It's all about what God is like, about his very nature. And, uh, uh, and you can see, if you just glance your eyes over those verses there, you can see what he's saying about what God is like. This is what we, you know, what we say, and this is before God has done anything, if you like. This is just his, what he's like. And this is praising God simply because that is how his creation is. That's what he is in and of himself. So we mustn't forget to praise God for his very being. So, for instance, next Sunday, it's a Brighton Marathon, and uh, uh, some of us will be down uh, on, the, uh, on the course and cheering people on. Uh, for most of us, I guess, spectating will be thinking, that's amazing. How can you run 26 miles without stopping? Um, and uh, your determination to keep going, your skills and abilities, your training, the gifts you have, the commitment for training and so on, uh, well, they far outweigh mine. You guys are brilliant. And every single one of you deserves to be praised. And our praise should be a wholehearted of the marathon and even more wholehearted of God. Do you know who that is? Actually, I came across him on the television. I was just kind of skimming through one or two channels yesterday for some reason. And, uh, uh, and there he was. That's Dean Macy. He was on a fishing program. Anyway, he used to do the, 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 the Catalan. And uh, um, he comes from Essex. He comes from Canvey Island. And I remember him being interviewed once. And uh, Dean, uh, it was after the first day of the decathlon, and he was uh, going to, talking about day two. Uh, and he was saying, well, I'm going to have to give it some large tomorrow. Okay? Give it some large. All right? All right, Dean? In other words, I'm going to have to give it all I can. Now, when it comes to praising God, do the same. Give it some large in Dean Macy language, okay? Because uh, there is no end to the great things in God's nature. William Secker, a guy, said this, a drop of praise is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. So for all those attributes of God, just think of oceans of love, of oceans of power, of oceans of forgiveness, of oceans of mercy, oceans of wisdom, oceans of greatness, oceans of majesty. And Lord, we praise you for them. We praise you for them, not just a drop, but with all of our being and with all that we've got, we praise our great and brilliant and wonderful God. And then there's praise for God's provision, for what God does. So you look in uh, verses 14 to 16 here, and then at, uh, at the end there, and David said to the whole assembly, praise the Lord your God. So they all praise the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bow down, prostrate themselves before their Lord, the Lord and King. The Lord and the King. So when it comes to God's provision, it's not just thanksgiving, but his provision for our salvation, his provision for our food day by day, his provision for the clothes that we wear and all the rest of it. Light of the sun and the weather and the rain and everything. And we simply want to praise God for, from our hearts, from our lives. 
And then one final thing, um, as time is moving on, I want to just say this. Praise God more. I imagine this morning the vast majority of us had a bath or a shower or at least uh, washed our face when we got up this morning. We won't take a survey, but I'm, I'm sure you probably did. Um, okay. Uh, now, Spurgeon in the 19th century said this, Wash your face every morning in the bath of praise. Well, it's all very well saying that, but how? Well, three ideas and then I'll finish. The first one uh, is this. Turn every pleasure into praise. Thanksgiving says, thank you God for giving me a great friend. Uh, And uh, it's good to thank God for great friends. But praise goes a step further, doesn't it? What must God be like to provide me with friends, with great friends? And so praise him, says, look, I praise you that you're a God of friendship. I praise you, Lord, that actually you are a God who wants to have friendship with human beings. You've created friendship. Praise you, Lord, that actually within the Trinity you are the well, this is to put it simplistically, but the best of friends. But you know what I mean? That you have wonderful relationships within the Godhead. I praise you, Lord, that you care enough to give us friends and so on. So turn every pleasure into praise. So if you enjoy something tomorrow, and I trust you will, why not pause and turn that into praise of God's nature for what he's like? Sometimes we have to think a little bit about it. But that's not a bad thing. Second, begin with praise. Now, through there, we have the Cranmer Room. Yeah? Cranmer was Archbishop of Canterbury. And uh, this is our modern version of it. But basically, he's the guy who wrote this, the prayer book. Now, for each week of the year, Cranmer wrote a collect, which is a posh way of saying a prayer that the Church of England could use on that particular Sunday and throughout that week. Now, this is, I'm going to read you the collect, or the beginning of the collect, for today and for this week. We are at the fifth Sunday of Lent, okay? And here's the collect, the Church of England's prayer. Cranmer wrote this in Elizabethan-ish kind of language all those years ago. Um, and this is it. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. And then a flowery way of finishing it. Now, when Cranmer wrote these collects, he always followed the same pattern. One, he would talk about God and some attribute, some kind of thing about God. So here he says, most merciful God. So there's something about God, his mercy. He's thinking of his mercy. Then, uh, he, he, says, he said something in his college about how that mercy works out. How does it work out? Who by the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world. Then he goes on to uh, ask for something. Grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. And the asking goes on to, uh, to then say what's going to result as, uh, as a result of uh, receiving that prayer. That we may result in victory. So, there is a pattern there. He's, he starts off with God's nature, what God is like. 
And he's effectively he's saying, well, that's what God is like. We will praise you at the beginning of every single Church of England prayer for this week, right the way through the calendar. Begin with praise about what God is like. Praise you, for God, that you're a merciful God. And therefore I pray that you would have mercy on my best friend who isn't a believer, that they may know you themselves, and so on. So start with praise. Begin your prayers with praise. Not simply thanksgiving, that's good, but praise as well. And then a third idea, make a list. It's very simple. But uh, why not make a list of what God is like? The adjectives, the describing words that are used of, uh, of God. Why not read a psalm every day and start making up a list of the things it says about God? Write them down. God is holy. So here's a little list I scribbled down. Okay? God is holy, eternal, beautiful, self-existent, creative, infinite, all-knowing, perfect, one, glorious, all-powerful, just, sustainer, friend, healer, and I could go on and on. But if you read a psalm a day for the rest of the year, you'd finish them before the end of the year, and you made a little list of the things that you find out about God's character, what God is like, and then you can praise him for those things. Just make a list. It's a good thing. Uh, And then we'll be able to, in those three ways, just three little ideas to help us to praise God more. And then one final point. Praise is good for you. Let's praise God more. That's something, I think, for us to learn, something for us to practice, something for us to grow in. But, you know, it's very easy, isn't it, to to slip away from the praise of God and into the thanksgiving and into the asking stuff and, and all the rest of it. I just want to say, that's fine. God still loves it. So don't, don't be tough on yourself if you slip away from praise into our uh, uh, lists of things that we're asking God for. But every little step forward in praise will help, help us to love God more and more. And that is going to be a great, great thing. Praise is good for you.